pass from Havili was magic. The shift on for Crotty. Boom, far down you go, Quaggett Smith. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that. Yes, boy. Sit back, relax, put your belt on, enjoy the show. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 27 of the Draft Rugby Podcast, where we discuss Fantasy Super Rugby, the game they play online in heaven. Check out the platform at draftrugby.com and get after us on the socials at Draft Rugby. Now, we are back to a full compliment tonight on Zoom. I'm joined by Harry and uh, Nelson once again uh, after, after overcoming his physical beating in footy last weekend, um, only to cop a mental one this week, uh, going down in a very close fantasy fixture and relegating him back to the bottom four where he belongs. The bottom two, mate. The bottom two. Bottom two. Nels, mate, thank you for joining us again. Um, how are you doing? And more importantly, um, how much of this week's loss uh, do you attribute to referee Ben O'Keefe? Mate, uh, I'm, uh, I'm doing well. It's hard to say that after this fantasy week. Um, I've got the fourth top score in our, our comp. and I'm only a couple points behind third. Yeah, I'm sitting towards the bottom of the table. If Ben O'Keefe did not let that try go to Severis. I'd have another bonus point. Um, at the very least, you know, I was, I was very close to, to getting two bonus points in this one. So that one definitely hurts. So, so hold on. I think what, what I'm hearing, Nelson, is you just don't know how to play the man. It's nonsense. <laughs> He's beaten me to oh, it. Wait. He's beaten oh, me wait. to it. Also with a Harry. hurry. Oh. How did we go when we played each other? Did, did you beat the man? No, no, I didn't. I, I lost by nine points. I'll take my one loss. Oh, you got to play the man, Harry. You're Shout right, on, buddy. You're, you're dead right. I've, I've got to lose one game this year. Yeah, happy to be the guy that did it. Very good. Well, one game he did not lose this week. Uh, this year was this week, taking on yours truly. So, um, Harry, I'll let uh, you let us all know how that unfolded, uh, how it all went down. Mate, uh, as you can see from the picture, I'm undefeated in August and the trophy's coming home. Back to the top of the table. Very, very in happy. August. <laughs> We're showing us the August edition of the... So for our listeners, the August edition of our uh, Nelson calendar... Sorry, Spoon calendar. Just those words are synonymous. I forget sometimes. Um, that is not me. Uh, the punishment. The Spoon punishment calendar. Sexy calendar. The August edition. How would we describe this? Uh, some sexy boxing, I think. Um, I think... I think you'd have to say it's kickboxing because he's going for a kick. You can't, you can't kick in boxing, Kagi. Very good. All right. Well, um, anyway, you have to check it out on the YouTube channel um, if you want to see this fantastic calendar. And um, surely we can just put up, put up orders, right? Did we say we could just sell to the public? Is that part of the... the no, okay, we didn't. Yeah, 100 bucks a pop. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Let's raise some revenue. Um, all right. Well, on our menu for tonight, um, we are going to uh, review Draft Rugby Round 5. We're going to change it up a little bit this week and we're going to do the Aussie games first and then the Kiwi games. We're going to split up the conferences, if you will. Um, and for main course, previewing Round 6 and for uh, with the games coming up this weekend and for dessert, we're going to do some work rate involvements. Very scientific measurement of... Uh, Tackles, tackles and uh, carries. Um, how much work have these players got through? And who are the big names? So, uh, for Entree, let's... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we start oh. wasting time, Kagi, how did you go on the weekend? Because I don't think we ever <laughs> brought that up. 
So I thought I just sailed through there. I thought I thought we had <laughs> flown past. I know, gotten clear. No, I did say uh, you were the man to defeat me this weekend. Um, and uh, look, you not only knew how to play the man, you knew how to save up all your lucky stars for this weekend. Uh, I clearly didn't know how to do, do either. Um, and my team decided to abandon ship uh, this week at an alarming rate. I, uh, you know, made all five of my trades. I thought I was going to have the starting 15, but um, not even I ended up with, what, 12 and if that. Hmm. Well, yeah. I, um, I think it's worthwhile to point out, Craig, you actually had the lowest score on the podcast this week. Oh, look! I I will say I'm I am very disappointed in my team this week. I thought I'd pull out all the stops to to get a victory, and um, it has been a monumental fall down to second place on the table. Oh. It was a long way down. Um, it's, I've been top the whole season, but it was yeah, it's tough. It is really. It, I'm doing it. It, it might be it might be worth noticing uh, noting that you actually had the lowest score of this podcast two of the last three weeks. Okay. Anyway, but uh, I, I guess the interesting one is, Cargez, you told me before we started the pod that uh, you do play Nelson this weekend. So if you no, don't get the last the last week, oh. the decider, right? The decider. So if you don't get the win, you're the only podcaster here not to get a victory over one of his fellow managers. So the pressure's right on you. That's it. It's going to be the only game Nelson's ever gone into without pressure, on, without the most amount of pressure on him. You know what I mean? Like it's. Well, you assume uh, he's already in the bottom four, so he's got nothing else to play for. That's true. He, I mean, he plays like he's got nothing to lose anyway. You know what I mean? He's never played any other way. But um, no, uh, it is. It's a big one for me. Yes, we only get one chance to play each other this week, and uh, I, I need to get a win against Nelson to uh, even it up and uh, come away with one win against yep. fellow podcasters. So. Very good. All right. Well, we now got through that. So uh, let's get into the entree. So round five, we had the buys were the Waratahs and the Hurricanes. The Waratahs, they needed a buy, let's be honest. Um, hopefully they can regather. Um, and so, yes, the first fixture of the weekend on Friday night, we had the Force and the Rebels both making their home ground in Western Sydney. They're, the Force are now called the Western Sydney Force. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was the... The force uh, going down in super time, twenty to twenty-five to the rebels. Who wants to kick us off um, through with this one? Look, I'm, I'm happy to if no one's going to jump on. The yeah, the force won this twenty to tw- uh, lost this twenty to twenty-five. There is the return, long-awaited return of Easy Nasserani after his hamstring injury. Brad Wilkins, I think, returned to the bench. Did he for from an ACL? Yep. Um, and new injuries, we had Ian Pryor who was pulled pre-game. Tevin Ferris, who stretched it off with a neck injury five minutes into the game. And Lawrence, who uh, I think he had a bicep injury at about that 25-minute mark. Um, the Actually, and also, not on, also not on there was Henry Taifu, who... Um, oh, concussion. He came on and he, he got knocked the hell out by Frank Lamani. Uh, they didn't replay it or anything. It was kind of like just an aside, but he, he just hit the ground super hard, getting rocked by a scrum half. is a, It's a tough one. Yeah, I, I forgot that one because of my own uh, concussion. But yeah, look, the Rebels were pretty <laughs> pretty ill-disciplined uh, early on in this one, um, leading to a yellow card to Isi Nasserani for, for not rolling away after team-repeated infringements. They conceded 11 in the first half and I think seven more throughout the match. Um, so it was a very stop-start uh, game, that's for sure. There was lots of errors in this one as well. The Force were unable to, to, to capitalise on that possession um, and a few opportunities early on when, when they presented themselves, which I think for, for me is 
maybe that's been the the thing that they've been lacking, just that that killer blow at, at certain times that they need to to win and close out the game, or or to get those points early when when they're on offer. Um, the Rebels managed to to bag a try actually during the yellow card of a great line out play. Um, as a guy that Harry and I have, have known for quite some time and liked Cameron or the prop looped back around that five meter channel um, to give the ball to you, Elise, who went over in the corner. Uh, it was just That's great hands, great play. No one um, expected quick hands from the prop. Like, no, exactly right. And uh, John O'Lance, uh, Harry actually said, what do you reckon? Do you reckon he might blow this? When John O'Lance had a kick to basically win the game. Not hard either. It was a e- relatively easy kick. I think he'd been kicking all right throughout the night. And he just absolutely shanked the kick. Um, actually, it was. It was in the extra time, was it? No, no. Well, it, was it was just before extra time. time. It was a couple of minutes to go. Yeah. And, and it would've, they would have won the game from it. Yeah, for sure. It was just before extra time. But this was a better extra time or, or better um, super time, <laughs> as, as they call it. Um, with the Rebels, after doing the kickoff, there was a little mistake by the force and the Rebels capitalised and threw just phase after phase until Nasserani dove over for the win. There were question marks on his fitness, I think, returning. Um, but, I mean, he scored after, you know, 70-odd minutes because he had his yellow card. So his fitness doesn't look too bad. Match I think, stats. I think uh, it wasn't about his fitness. They were saying over the COVID break, he was incredibly unfit. He didn't come back in the shape he needed to be. Yeah, yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd call it unfit kind of fitness. But yeah, just, let's move on. Um, penalties, there were 28 penalties. Uh, one yellow card by each side. The Rebels uh, had only 274 compared to the Force, 326 run metres, but they had 15 tackle busts compared to the Force, nine. The Force had double the clean line breaks, eight to four. Um, similar on offloads. Uh, there was a, a few other things there. The scrums, the Rebels had 100% scrum success where the Force lost one of their 12. With lineouts, both teams lost two. Fantasy man of the match was Fergus Lee Warner with 62 points. He just gets through a ton of work. 16 carries for 40 metres, a try, a tackle bust, and 17 from 17 tackles, one turnover, one. It hurts that he was against me this week because he was one of my players and he was someone that put the, the nail in the coffin for me. Jordan Ulysses, he got 55 points. He, he bagged a try himself and did a lot around the paddock. Very good. Yeah, no, uh, Fergus Lee Warner was incredible. He bloody, he got through some work. Sure. Uh, the, my, my one thing, my yeah. one thing about him is he's just too small to be a lock. Mm. Transition him into a six. He'd he's be great for the Wallabies. Now, this game, I was just thinking, this game was one of those games where I'd, I'd like to be told to watch it in a KO mini if I wasn't watching it live. Because <laughs> some of the skills in this were bloody woeful. You know what I mean? It's a yeah. perfect KO mini type game, just the, uh, the, the brief cut. But anyway. Um, all right, moving on. Uh, Having said that, though, like it was still, there were still some real good highlights. And the goal kicking was exceptional as well, with the exceptional lands bung, you know, bungling there the last one. But, yeah, there was still some good stuff well, there. It was just the 18 penalties in the first half, which was just made it impossible to get any flow in the game. Yeah, it was a tight game with a great finish. Like, I think it was an entertaining game. Yes, there was, there was too many uh, penalties and, and probably too many drop balls, but I still think it was a really entertaining game. Very good. All right. Well, uh, talking about... Uh, we're, so we're going on to the other Aussie game, talking about a game that was bloody entertaining. Uh, now, this was a game that uh, excited me. And I before the game, uh, before even watching the game, 
I uh, was pretty busy this weekend, so I didn't manage to watch much of the footy until Sunday night. I decided I wanted to watch this game over a Kiwi game for the first time. So, uh, and I was rewarded for that uh, enthusiasm. But um, yeah, wow, this game came down to the wire. Brumbies and the Reds. The Brumbies taking it out 22 to 20, kicking a penalty goal on full time. What a game. What did you guys think? Yeah, well, this was an awesome game to watch. Yeah, absolutely phenomenal, mate. I'll, I'll, you're you're so excited about watching this one, so I'll let you let you go through it. Sounds good. All right. Well, returning for this one, Jordan Bataille off the bench. Somehow he sailed through to the end of our uh, first round fantasy pickups, and Harry got him. Uh, and he of course came on with twenty minutes, only twenty minutes into the game, just to really uh, get in, stuck into my team. Uh, Angus Blythe returned from a shoulder injury, um, and injuries in this one. Chris Foyas or Tia did a calf pretty early on. Um, and Jock, Jock Campbell, uh, we'll just move on. Jock guy. Campbell uh, did, a, did a bicep. His biceps were just too big. And um, I yeah, don't know how you injure a bicep, to be honest with you. But, do you watch um, rugby? What do you mean? Jock Campbell doesn't have a bicep, but I'm pretty sure you made up the player before him. Look, they, they are going for scans on Campbell on Jock Campbell's bicep. Today. But there, there's no clarity yet on how bad it is. But generally, you would think that that means he's got a possible biceps rupture or something. Like you don't, you don't get many other injuries there. So that's a bit of a worry for him and for, for his manager owners as well. Very good. Anyway, guys, jump in whenever with this game. But, but there was pretty much the Brumbies all ball in the first half. They scored two tries. Well, they scored three tries in the game off uh, their rolling mall. Uh, Falau Faringa bagged the first two. Um, didn't stay on for the third. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean... Their rolling mall is just unstoppable. I think the commentators kept talking about how it's so disheartening that uh, you know it's coming, you prepare for it all week, but you can't do anything about it. <laughs> like it's just that good. Yeah, I, I read a few people on Twitter having a bit of a whinge about it that there's too many driving more tries, and I just I literally wrote back and said maybe leagues are more simple sport that you can follow <laughs> because this that that's putting a lot of puzzle pieces together, and the fact that they're just so good at it. There was nothing negative about that. Like teams can do whatever they want and they're struggling to stop it because it's so strong. And that's one of the best parts of union. You know, the different styles of teams play different styles of games. And I think Laurie Fisher came out and said it's something like five of their 19 tries in Super Rugby AU. Like it's yeah. actually only a small percentage. It was just a big part of this game. And to be fair, without their driving more, I think they would have lost this game by 12 points or something. They just, they didn't look like they had anything else. I was about to say, this is, this is a big game. This was the game of the conference. And yeah, you've got to pull out all the weapons you've got. And if that's the one that's going to work, that's what you pull the trigger on. So, yeah. And that's what they did. But um, the Red, as, you, as you hit it on the head, the Reds looked a far more enterprising team of the two uh, with, the, with the ball. Um, yeah, discipline just hurt them so much. And I mean, worst yeah. possible team to do that against. Yeah, absolutely. Tom Banks's kicks, putting them right down in the corner for those driving malls were crazy. But um, now the Reds looked great in the second half when they they uh, did get the discipline in check. They didn't give away a penalty till about the 70th, 75th minute, I think it was. Um, they what they scored uh, what, two or something unanswered tries and really got themselves back into the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, no, they just looked incredible. Um, I think the the thing that stood out for me for this one was just like the intensity, the hits. Throughout the from the first minute to the end, the defence was there. It was kind of like it was like it was playing. They were playing a test match. There was just so much. The desire was um, was huge. But um, uh, speaking of huge performances in this one, uh, Harry Wilson, fantasy man of the round, man of the match, and man of the round, Mate beast. He was incredible, just into everything. He runs these awesome support lines. Scored. He scored. He scored one try. We had another one that was disallowed. It was pretty much yeah. the same thing. Yeah, try um, assist. I think. 
and a try assist as well. I mean, unbelievable. Jordan Bataille, he looked really good. He came on at wing, so Paisami was still playing in 13. But, um, yeah, Bataille just picked up right where he left off. Didn't get didn't ease into this with the 20 minutes or anything. He played the full game, and he looked like he loved being out there. So he's uh, just going to make the Reds an even better team. Um, and I guess, yeah, what, uh, what it came down to at the end was... Um, the Brumbies did give away some crucial penalties at the end. Fraser McWright, who Nelson really likes, came on. Uh, he got a turnover penalty to look like win the Reds the game with a minute and a half to go. Uh, somehow the ball came back down into their half and um, and then he gave away a penalty to uh, you he, know, taking the half back out or something. You've got, to, you've got to feel for the bloke. He, he had his hands on the ball and kind of had a little bit of pressure from a defender that was at that time behind him. So kind of pushed him forward a little bit and he, he took out the halfback. So just didn't have a good enough, uh, I suppose, stance to, to fight for that ball. Awful game management for the Reds. They should have put that game away. Like how in the last two yep. minutes they didn't just hold the ball. Absolutely, it was it was it was definitely theirs for the taking. I don't, I don't know. This is a we talk about this every week with Aussie teams. I don't know how they do it, but um, anyway, in quickly smashing the stats, the stats are pretty even. The penalty count it did come out at seven to the Brumbies, twelve to the Reds. So it did even out towards the end of the game. The Reds got most of those in the first half, but otherwise, look, the stats were all pretty even. Fantasy man of the match, as we said, Harry Wilson. 16 carries for 88 metres, a try, try, assist, couple of line breaks, 20 of 21 tackles. Huge. Uh, he will definitely feature in our work rate index. Um, and wait, work rate index or work rate something else? I forget what it was. Yeah. Index? Good. Um, Falafa Inga, 57 points. Dane Zander, the prop getting a start at, uh, from Harry Hubert's injury, 55 points. He made 22 tackles. That's 20, 44 points. Huge. Jock Campbell, 53. And R.A. Simone, 50. Huge. Yep. Good stuff. Huge All right. Crusaders. Let's, yeah, let's get into the Kiwi Conference. Uh, Chiefs Crusaders, also not a bad game. Harry, do you want to take us through this one? Yeah, this one was really good for both teams for about 60 minutes, and then the Crusaders just did what the Crusaders do. But going back to before that, uh, returning ahead, Natua Akoi, coming back from his concussion, he missed a few weeks, came off the bench this week for Vai, I think it was. And Angus Tarvau uh, came back from his quad tendon injury, a repair. So that was a long time out for him. Uh, the coach had said, you know, with most players, they would expect that it would take him a long time to get his fitness back. But they were really, really happy with his experience, his calm head and his composure and his fitness to get back in and start in the team a few weeks earlier than they expected. So awesome seeing him back as a very good prop for them. Uh, a couple of new injuries. So speaking of props, Ruben O'Neill went off with an ankle injury. So that re- revolving door at uh, Lou's head just yep. keeps on going. Mm-hmm. And then you had Michael Alatoa for the Crusaders went off with a knee injury. Apparently not quite as bad as they originally expected. He might be back next week. And Lachlan Beauchere, he didn't get subbed for his injury, but he was holding his ankle about three or four times with heavy stop- uh, heavy strapping. And they... Had to stop the game for him a few times as well. And eventually he came off at 60 minutes and he just doesn't go off the field. So I figure that was probably worth a mention. But, you know, no doubt he'll just play on next week. Just kept adding an extra layer of tape each time. That's right. Uh, so look, the Crusaders got off to a, a two-try lead and they just looked vastly, vastly the superior side. But then somehow the uh, the Chiefs just chipped away and chipped away and came back into it. And they, they kind of they got right back to almost equal. Um, shout out to Tom Sanders, who I've thought nothing of all through the Aotearoa. <laughs> but seeing him run down the sideline at pace, he's a scary, scary man. And that hit from DMAC 
I was I was pretty proud of my namesake for even putting his body in line. That's how you get injured and never play again. Like the guy was going so quick and did no, that is, very well to put a shoulder in and almost rake the ball as well. That's stuff of nightmares for uh, oh. for Mac, I think. Mate, how, how about Tom Sanders' wheels though? Far out. I'd never yeah. seen him oh, move so, so quick. Scary. Yeah. Very scary. Uh, Kagi, mate, this was this is when I thought I was done this week. Your trio of Richie Moe, Cody Taylor, and Will Jordan all ridiculous. Like Cody Taylor, all of a sudden, I know he can't throw a line out this year, but his running game is outrageous. <laughs> Will Jordan and Richie Moe do it every single week. We picked Richie Moe, you know, because we're so insightful to have a huge game this week, and lo and behold, <laughs> he did. Fantasy match. On top of that, mate, the, the talking point for this one was when it was 20 to 19, Sarah Reese's try. So I think it was Quinton Strange looked like he'd knocked the ball on and they looked at it, the TMO looked at it and they ended up saying it was backwards and everything was okay. I just don't mm, understand. That was ridiculous. Very, very clearly went backwards and the way that the knock-on is refereed, they call everything a knock-on when it's clearly yeah. not. How the hell this one gets caught backwards? No idea. And they replayed it about five, like five or six times. They stopped the game for a good four or five minutes and all three refs somehow still came to that decision. It was crazy. Yeah. They, I think they knew that he was against me in fantasy. Yeah, that was... Well, That's Nelson, cool. you still would have been seventh, so I don't think it's that big a deal. No. Uh, Lachlan Boucher and Peter Gus Sokula were the best for the Chiefs. Sokula is just looking outrageously good as well. He's kind of showing the form that we had all hoped that he could. Uh, some consistent game time has been very, very good for him. But in the end... 60 minutes, the Crusaders just shut the gate and they've done it again. And we said that they'd come back with a vengeance and, and I think they did that. I think it's just worth noting on the, on the refereeing, there was, I think Warren Gatlin lost any hair he had less, left because uh, it wasn't just that one decision. Ben O'Keefe had an absolute shocker. There's quite a few things I think that went against the Chiefs that just killed the momentum. Tackle bus 27 to 17, the Crusaders leading, line breaks 14 to 8. Um, that's about all the interesting ones there. You also had uh, always the fantasy man of the match, Richie Moe, 68 points with 12 carries for 64 metres, seven tackle busts, a line break, two offloads, one try assist, nine from nine tackles, but only three from seven for the boots. So I think that's all he's misses for the last three years in a row there. Um, <laughs> also, Cody Taylor and Will Jordan, 60 points each. Bo share 52 points, bagged another try. And Colonel Sanders, 51 points as well. Huge came from him. How good. All right. Yeah, and uh, Sorry, I was going to say, yeah, Nels, take uh, us through it. Yeah, I was going to say, the final game was the Highlanders versus the Blues. Um, the Highlanders went down in this one, 21 to 32. Apparently, there was no one returning from injuries and there was no injuries, which is something good to see and not something we've seen a lot of, if it is true, especially in uh, Super Rugby Aotearoa with some pretty pretty uh, hard-fought matches. But look, the Blues looked in complete control. Um, their forward pack was just so physical. Roden Barrett, I mean, he's just looking so good at 10. Keep the man at 10. Um, he's just controlling them around the park. Um, throwing beautiful wide passes, just running the ball up, short kicking game, like everything. He's just got everything you, you want from a 10. And he's definitely uh, being able to use a lot more uh, at, at that jersey rather than slotting in from the back. Um, it was the Blues' first win ever under the roof. Um, Bodie Barrett, his kicking was literally the only problem he had. He, he kicked two from five. 
um, on the night. I don't know how you can be the best player in the world. Or you can be the All Blacks 10 if that is your kicking percentage, to be completely honest. The rest of them, absolutely brilliant. Controversial moment. Um, probably he got a 17-meter intercept try, um, which just broke the hearts of everyone from here <laughs> that would be his manager because Aaron Smith just 100% milked it and faked it that he was he was tripped and it was very much a soccer-esque dive and the, the play was brought back to him diving, apparently touching Carl Tuanukwafi's uh, foot or something along those lines. Yeah, he, did, he did hit his foot, like the camera shows. I watched it again that last night. He hit his foot clearly, but I, I agree. He did look He's like he kind of played it uh, up a he, fair bit. He completely Hollywooded that. And, he was uh, diving the, before he touched the, his foot. The ref, even during the play, went, nah, nah, you deliberately tripped over him. He said it, and then he let the play go. And then they said he basically was forced to come back and look at it from the TMO and whatever else. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. believe he overturned it. I was like, what? It's ridiculous. Yeah. I think there was something about a bunch of the players coming up and, and having a winch to the ref as well. And they're saying, like, it's it not a good number. look to have a bunch of players going up to the ref saying, go back and look at it. That happens after every try, mate. It was a third umpire who just would not leave him alone. I know. Just, mate, the game's not about umpire. you. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Finlay Christie had an absolute blinder. He scored two tries. He had a brilliant uh, set, one set up by. Um, Caleb Clark throwing that little offload to him straight through. Um, but he's looking better and better every time he, he wears this Blues jersey. He's eligible for Scotland as well as New Zealand. Oh, look, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a few good halfbacks that we all know in, in New Zealand. So Scotland are definitely going to be praying for him to come over to them because he is an absolute weapon. Um, the Highlanders' back line... There's names in there that you would expect to to really be able to, you know, add some oomph. Uh, Sarah Tompkinson, one for me, and, and they just don't seem to have enough firepower at the moment. Um, the second playmaker, shifting um, Hunt to, to fullback, I, I don't think really worked that well. Um, and then you had Collins playing outside centre. Yes, it was his preferred position, apparently, um, but yeah, look, the wingers weren't firing. There was just, there just was not a lot coming out of this back line for me. I think um, outside centre is his preferred position. Is like you telling us that your preferred position <laughs> is fly half. It's great that that's where you want to play, mate. But you're just not any good there. That's mate, it. I think, I think he plays I'm there. In, back um, there. <laughs> I think he plays there in provincial footy. But um, now, one I guess who either was injured or just not picked because he'd been playing terribly was Bobby Thompson. Uh, he was one of my team members who left me high and dry but um He's i don't average this year we haven't seen anything about him being injured have we harry so, no but john and uh, as well like what the hell are they him? yeah i don't know there's some some craziness going on but yeah look john and on the bench is crazy but um bob thompson he's been really junk this year so they're probably out trying to see what they can add to it um the only point i'll make before you get to the stats in this game was um uh, shannon frizzell's try going straight through akira Yuani. It was unbelievable. Brilliant. It wasn't like he got caught him off guard or anything. And Akira is one of the strongest blokes ever. But Yeah, brilliant stuff. Um, the Highlanders had a slightly more of, of both with 56% possession, 57% uh, territory. The Highlanders had eight penalties to the Blues, 14 plus the yellow card. Similar in terms of run meters, but the Highlanders ran in 19 to 6 tackle busts. Um, but... Flip it to the other side. The Blues had 17 to 6 
line breaks. Wow. Riddle me that. Yeah. Um, offloads, the Blues had 15 to nine. Uh, when we roll over to the set piece, two from four for the Highlanders in their scrums, whereas the Blues had nine from nine. The line outs, there was five from seven from the Blues with 71%, 14 from 15 from the Highlanders. So just a mixed bag there from, from the set piece. Finlay Christie was the man of the match, no surprise, with 65 points. Two tries, a try assist, three line breaks, two offloads, and 45 passes. So that's nine points. Blues, Akira got 57. Offa Tuomafasi got 54. And Caleb Clark got 53. For the Highlanders, no huge points, but the top was Josh Uwani in his starting return with 43. You missed one of Finlay Christie's key stats, Nelson. One heart broken. Didn't he crush you this weekend? <laughs> he really did. He really did. Got him, yes. Um, yeah, and I think we spoke last week about one of the key things this week was uh, Carl Tuankuafe coming in in um, how good he's been in the scrums. But that, that blue scrum absolutely monstered the Highlanders. I think at the yeah. end, they had the yellow card. They were packing with a man down. And I think they still won a scrum against the feed, <laughs> <laughs> against the Highlanders. It was huge. Yeah, craziness. All right. Well, that takes us on to our main course. So Giraffe Rugby, Fantasy Super Rugby, round six of seven. Only two more weeks, Nelson, if you wanted to try and make a run to get back to the top. Um, okay. Cool. All right. You've done the numbers. There's some very small odds somewhere. So there's some stats. Small odds, I just win the next two matches. I'm good. All right. Very good. Well, um, in round six, the buys are the Blues and the Force. And... Um, Round two of the Aussie Derbies begin with the Rebels and the Brumbies. Um, who wants to rip into this? Yeah, look, I'll jump on this one. The last game went to the Brumbies 31-23, to 23, um, but it was 24-23 to 23 with 10 minutes left. Look, we can all share these, I think, actually, if you like. Mm. Um, there's no home advantage for this one for the Rebels with a game being played at Leichhardt Oval in Sydney. Um, Rebels unable to offer anything recently in attack. I can't see uh, how they're going to really break this Brumbies defence. No. I a man be. you love? Say again? A man you love? Pony. Uh, yes, thank you. Can we get him back in? Uh, he came off the bench. Look, Ainsley was did well in the set pace, but just get the Pony back in there. They need the. I think Pony got a a small injury the week before, so I reckon it was probably he just had a light week training or something. I'm sure we'll see him start. He's been immense. Indeed. Uh, Nazarani was a guy we mentioned. Um, He was getting back with questionable fitness. I think he had kind of a bit of a sleepy start back into the game. By that, I mean he just wasn't uh, back to his usual self. Um, Slowly started getting more and more involved. And obviously, he scored that uh, the match winner in super time. But, um, yeah, hopefully he builds on that this week um, and can be as good as we know he can be. I think at the start of the year, Harry, you might have picked him as the top uh, back rower based yeah. off um, last year. So. Yeah, I thought he was going to be huge. So, I mean, he was, he was very good last week. So, hopefully, we just keep putting, putting those performance back-to-back. That's it. And, uh, look, one of my fantasy pickups last week that I thought could have just been one of those random ones where uh, he, he might just score three tries um, against the force was Tom Pincus. Um, he did not. Really, anyone that thought that. Uh, I know. Uh, it was one of those coin tosses. Um, no, he did not. In fact, he got a whopping one fantasy point for me. Um Mate, and was, just, mm, sorry, go ahead. He, and he's not, it's not like he's a seven star. He's, he played for Queensland country and he's just, I mean, you, you, you picked him out of nowhere. 
True. I, I was going to say, speaking of seven stars, look, he was a sevens player, but uh, certainly not a star. What about all these stars? Are they just there for a bloody training camp? Talking about Gerald Skelton, Louis Holland, Boyd Killingsworth. They have these absolute guns in their team. Where are they? I see Holland play. Like, surely they can put Louis Holland to 15, Reese yeah. Hodge back to 13, and then get rid of Pinkai and put Kellaway back on the wing. Like, seriously. Mate, put, your, put Skelton on as a flanker. I don't get them on there, mate. Put Skelton on the bench. Like, yeah. the guy's a weapon. It's ridiculous. But anyway, um, well, talking about Kellaway, yeah, I mean, what do we think of Kellaway at 13? I thought that was a pretty epic fail. Minus eight points. That's what I think. <laughs> I think he was the, had the lowest score of the round, in fact. Yeah. Or the the yeah. highest negative score, if you will. If, if you're thinking in Nelson-isms, the highest negative score. Um, so... Yeah, no, he was rubbish. I don't know. I assume Campbell Magnet must be carrying an injury. I'm not sure why he didn't I think start. He is. That's the yeah. logical reason to me, but I haven't read anything. Because we really liked him when he played. Um, yeah. he looked Can we really just good. swap him? Can we just swap Kellaway and Hodge? Surely, mm. like, Kellaway's a better 15 and Hodge is a better outside. I just don't understand what the hell they're doing. Yeah, it's weird. Coaching team and selections in some of these competitions, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, Kellaway only played, what, two whole seasons at fullback um, for the, the the Saints over in um, the Northern Hemisphere in the Premiership Rugby and before that for the, a little bit for the Tars and Rebels as well. So, ridiculous. Yeah, ridiculous. Um, yeah I think uh, the, the only maybe the thought was with Hodge at fullback, he's just got a massive boot on him. But it's not like it was something that they had a go-to plan that they seemed to use a lot either. So, it doesn't really add up. Yeah. I no, mean... But for me, the Brumbies can score long-range long range tries that they showed a few weeks ago. They can also score rolling mall tries that they showed last week. I don't really think that, uh, that the Rebels have anywhere near the same amount of firepower. They're, the Rebels' defence is solid enough. But how, do they, how the hell do they hold out the Brumbies in this game? To me, it's a one-horse race. What do you guys think? Or how do you see the Rebels trying to attack them? <clears throat> I think, look, the only thing I'll say is that in the first game when the Rebels took on the Brumbies, we were amazed by how the Rebels forward pack just got up for it. Um, they were actually the dominant of the two sides in the forwards with the scrums, um, just the carries. That was about mainly ponies carries. Um, but it was like, it was really surprising. Um, so I don't expect that to happen again. It looks like the Brumbies have settled in and back to where we thought they would be. But um, I mean, the Rebels knowing, should know that, they, that they're capable of that. Um, but I don't know. For me, it's, it's, if the Rebels forwards can get some work done, they've got a chance. But as he said, they're not, there's no match in the backs. Yeah. It's going to be about discipline as well. They should got to learn from the Reds. You can't give away those penalties. You cannot do it. Look, I think the Brumbies, although they're, they're so good at the, the set piece in terms of the, the driving more at the very least, there's definitely holes there. The Rebels do offer some, some things from time to time and, and do have the ability with their backs if they're, if they're forward set a, a good platform. So if they come out and have an absolute blinder and the Brumbies played like they did last week and the Rebels don't, just don't feed them with penalties, then, I mean, they've got a shot here. The, the Brumbies don't look untouchable against Aussie teams like they have in the past. They just know how to close the game out. Um, but, yeah, look, I, I see this going the way of the Brumbies. Yeah, and I'm not sure. changes quickly as well. Mm-hmm. Matt Phillip obviously should start. They gave Hatangana a start last week, so surely he subs back in now that they're not just playing against the force. <laughs> and uh, Ryan Lawrence, who, if he is injured, 
um, James Tuttle could get his first run, right? Like that'd be that'd be pretty cool to see. Oh, off the bench, Frank Lamani be starting for sure. Yeah, I know, but I just want to see Tuttle get a, get a run. Like, mm. obviously, a second chance for him. Yeah, yeah Tuttle's a really good player, so that'd be good to see. Have we one injury? Uh, Bailey Kunzel, how, how bad was his injury in the? Uh, I, don't, I don't think he was injured, was he? They just took him off at the the back end. I think oh, they did plan. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's all right. I think the plan was to bring Mac Hansen on. Mac Hansen's a, a 10 slash 15. Yeah. Okay. Um, so they were just giving him that the chance to close out that game. And he did so brilliantly. So I think maybe I was just predicting the future because uh, if you guys remember Matt Tamua, the hitman on the weekend, God, he was going around lighting people up and I was loving it. So it's good, Bailey, good to Bailey, see Bailey, it's, it's lucky Bailey Kunzel's a big bloke because uh, he'll definitely be wary of that this weekend. Yeah. Oh. Speaking um, of big blokes, Solomone Carter has been struggling to get involved in the game. Actually, it's a little bit less exciting than I thought. I just get excited by his name. But um, He had a few few runs last week, but he just doesn't go looking for the ball enough. It's really frustrating. A big man like that, Mm. in the first half of the season before the break, he was running all those Tavita Kurundrani lines off the lineouts and things. He's not doing that anymore. Uh, he, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe it's something about working his way back into the team. He hasn't been there long. He came in with a massive buzz. And then, I mean, everything that's happened this year, maybe it's just taken the, the wind out of his sail a little bit. And a few more games under his belt is just all, all he needs. Very good. All right, to round this one out, uh, I think we've said weeks to go as expected. So Brumbies to win this one comfortably. Um, what are we? Let's put some points on it. Nels, what do you reckon? Uh, I'm going to say 15. 15, Harry? 10 points. I feel 15 is a lot, but I'm going to say it. I'm going to go with 12. I'm just going to do the middle just for the, you know, whatever. (laughs) Just to, you know. 12.5? Can I go 12.5? Is that allowed? You can, but you'd be wrong. Uh, 12.5 sounds good. All right. (laughs) Um, All right. The Tars and the Reds. Yeah, I don't think anyone's returning for this one. Um, the last time this happened was in round one, and the Reds uh, won this one by six points. But they kicked two penalties in the last four minutes of the game to close this one out. So it was a very tight match. In that encounter, the Reds absolutely dominated the possession and territory, yet the Tars looked very dangerous with ball in hand, something that they've shown glimpses of, but they're not doing week in, week out. They had 11 line breaks and nine offloads. And it was over double the line breaks when they had very little ball at all. Um, the line out was also a massive strength for the Tars. And if I were the Tars, it'd be something I'd be looking to use again, especially now that they've got a few people that can kick with Ram, things like that. The only issue for them is there's going to be a little bit of sting taken out of that line out with Rob Simmons not going to be playing with his fractured rib. But the overall, how much better the team will be overall with Rob Simmons gone, though, will make, account, will make, make up for that. So, yeah. he's, say that, but he's been one of the Tars best players this season. I won't have it. I won't concede to it. I won't allow it. No. I, I think Tom Staniforth's the man that's probably going to come in for him the most likely. There's a few different options, but you'd think that seems most likely. But look, the, the line out here for the Reds is a massive issue. They are the worst in Super Rugby AU. They lose 4.25 lineouts a match when the Tars have been extremely dominant come lineout time. They've only lost five over the four matches. So if I were the Tars, yes, Simmons or no Simmons, he's a massive part of it. The Reds liner has really struggled. They have a lot of kickers. I would be 
playing the ball out of my own half and trying to utilize that line out as much as I can. Don't keep that ball in play because they, they have some guys that can run the ball back and are quite dangerous. But speaking on that, um, the injury to, uh, what's his, Jock Campbell. So uh, I think if Jock Campbell's not there and they chuck Bryce Hegarty at 15, yes, Bryce, Bryce Hegarty's a good player, but he doesn't offer the same amount of line break ability um, as you see from Campbell. So, look, it's going to be an interesting one for me. Jordi Patea, he's probably going to be starting on that wing. If he's starting, surely as the Tars, you're going to have Newsom sitting there on, on the wing rather than the Wanganita Wasi who does not have the same defensive ability, um, yet we'd all like to see him. Yeah, very good. This one going. Do you think Jake Gordon's going to do enough? Do you think Walton's going to be inspiring in his defence because he's not doing anything else in attack? Well, good thing that the Waratahs have an absolutely tried, tested and proven rolling mall um, to just really work off the back of those lineouts. Um Oh, wait, they don't. Sorry, my bad. Is it just me that's jaded that maybe from the last Waratahs game? But um, I feel like, yes, they were. Uh, they did show some signs of attack in the first game against the Reds. But is it just me or have they gotten worse throughout the season, the Waratahs, as the season's gone on? I, I think they have. I think it's probably a little bit fatiguing. Uh, you know, they, they came out very gung-ho, had a couple of demoralising losses, and then from there they're kind of losing their way a little bit. Um, I, I think, like Nelson said, Jake Gordon... He'll be hopefully someone to provide a little bit of spark for them. Should get his first start. I thought he looked quite good off the bench, had a fair bit of energy. So excited to see him get a run this week. And the uh, the two names that I'll be Googling through the week for the casualty ward, it's going to be Angus Bell. Hopefully his back gets better and he can have a run because obviously I think he is a huge, huge player for them. Big in the scrum and gives them a lot of go forward ball when their loose forwards aren't doing that for them. And, God knows their second row is not going to get them going forwards with Flanagan and uh, Tom Stanaforth. So him and uh, Lalakai Fichetti, you know, we talked about Walton, but if we can just sack Walton and put Fichetti straight in, I'd probably give that a try as well. Um, who's the other Tars back row slash lock, the big young Pacific Islander boy? Uh, uh, Tafa? Tafa. Let's get Tafa amongst it. I agree. No, he's. I think he's. They've been playing him more at lock, um, and to be fair, I'd I'd start him at lock. Um, but uh, yeah, do we? I think. Look on the back row. Do we expect? Uh, obviously, I can't see Swinto or, or um, Hooper. It's going to be Swinton, Hooper, and Dempsey still. Harris on the yeah, bench. You again. assume so. Yeah, you assume so. But like that, like you know, on Pat Tarfa, they just can't play the entire under twenties team. They need. Okay. They do need. Oh, maybe he's under twenty ones now. They they do need some experienced heads where they can get them. Yeah, I, I mean, yes, I, I agree. They definitely need experience, but they're not really, you know, re- replacing him with huge amounts of experience in Tom Stanford. He's been there and he's played little bits of games and stuff. He's just not that exciting in any way, shape or form. Jed Holloway is another option that could probably cover and give them a little bit more go forward. Obviously not that strong in the line out either. Mm. Not that strong in the line out, not that strong in the scrum. Yeah, I, I for one hope um, that Jack Maddox uh, returns to his earlier season form because the last two games he's had haven't been particularly good. Um, just kind of mistake ridden. He just couldn't really get anything to work for him. So if he can get back into his first couple of rounds of Super Rugby AU, that will really help them just because he's think, he's a big part of their creating. I yeah. think it was against the Reds off that Swinton pass that he, he wrapped around and scored that brilliant try line break, wasn't it? 
yeah. was, yeah, yeah, indeed, yeah. Hopefully we see More a of handful of those. Yeah. That's it. And uh, Angus Bell, as much as I love the guy, he'll, he'll uh, and I hope he gets back in. I'm not sure if Tom Robinson's uh, well, I think Angus will still be off the bench just, uh, and he'll still be scarred from um, that first week against the Reds when uh, Taniela Tupo took him to school, unfortunately. So, um, all right. How do we see it going? Uh, I see the Reds taking it out as a loyal Waratahs fan. Um, anyone, anyone going to uh, disagree? Reds are getting better. Waratahs are getting worse. Hopefully the bye week was good to the Tars, but I agree. I'm going to say Reds by 10. I think the only reason the Tars stayed in this one last time because of the passion of the the uh, Battle of the Border and hopefully they come out and have that same passion again, this this one uh, being a home match. But I just can't see them winning it, so I think it'll get away from them. I'm going to say Reds by 12. Yeah, the crowd's going to be small. They're probably at the SFS, which sucks. There's no there's no home. There's SCG. Yeah. SCG, sorry. Mm either so i'm going to go by 14 or 15 because their set piece isn't going to carry them through either very good i better settle on one 15. how uh how uh inspiring (laughs) um well uh talking about inspiring footy let's move on to the uh kiwi footy no i'm too harsh on the aussie footy last week i did love uh there has been some brilliant aussie games (laughs) no that's true um but alas we move on to super rugby Aotearoa. The Hurricanes and the Chiefs, the Chefs. Um, the Chiefs now 0-8 uh, for the season? Or is it... I think it's... Uh, I don't know. I don't even know. I can't, I can't count that high, mate. They've had so many losses. They must be because the double, 007 meme was last, yeah. last week. It must to be. I was going to say, that was, that's probably one of my favourite memes of the season so far was uh, picture Warren Gatland. Uh, Gatland. Warren Gatland. 007, zero wins, zero draws, and seven losses. It was fantastic. So you got Um, uh, Dane Coles hopefully coming back from his back injury. He didn't trouble the squad two weeks ago before the bye, but that's a long time to get over it. And they said it was not too bad of an injury either. I expect him to start over Amua if he is fit, but uh, I guess wait and see. And Amua has been very good as well, and his line-out time seems to be improving slowly. Peter Umanga Jensen uh, copped a concussion a couple of weeks ago. Obviously, no Nani Lamape for the rest of the season while he's gone for his operation for his wrist injury. So you'd think they'll be desperate for him to start in the uh, centres there. That will obviously bring in uh, everyone's favourite centre that never plays, Vince Asso, who I expect to pair him in the centres. Surely, surely not Billy Proctor because, geez, that would just be so... So disappointing for everybody. But nah, it's got to be Asso. And then who plays inside? Uh, Asso. Asso can play 12. He's played 12 in the absence. Sure. Of, yeah. um, uh, Asso is your, your, your wannabe Lamarpe for sure. Okay. Jack him at 12. Tyrell, Tyrell Lomax, Vea Fafita and Isaiah Wokaliawere. All three of them were pulled from the game last week. I think Holland, the coach, had said that they were battling with a few knocks from a few big heavy games in a row and that they ended up getting pulled late, most likely because of that. So kind of expecting all of them to get a start. And personally, I would love to see Isaiah Walker, Leo Wera, just get his opportunity to start a game as well. Uh, He's been very good, I think, off the bench. So that would be great to see. Agreed. Uh, Anyone else, boys? What do you think? Uh, Yeah. Walkerly aware as well. I mean, look, we had been really critical about the Hurricanes when they had started the season with a loss or two, just saying they didn't have quite the go forward. But um, I mean, I can't really remember what changed for them in the last couple of games that they won. Uh, I mean, they beat the Crusaders, didn't they? Um, which is 
no mean feat. Um, but still, I would like to see Isaiah Walkingly wary in there as a start. I just think he really brings something uh, that the other locks don't. Um, also, no blam, Ben Lamb. Uh, oh, yeah. as, is, is Van White gone as well, or is he go at the end of the season? He's gone. He's yeah. gone as well. Yeah, so it's going to be Ray Arcee surely taking Blam's spot. Or, or well, we don't know where he I is. know it's I know it's not going to happen, but just hear me out. Could we possibly see the late signing Julian Sevilla, the bus, return to play for the Hurricanes with his brother? No, we couldn't because they've said he won't play this week. That's really disappointing. Yeah, I, I don't know who else is there, to be fair, to, to take that spot. Oh, I do know who. Um, Jonah Lowe. No, Jonah, who's been playing fullback? Who, who hasn't been playing Chase recently? Chase Tiatia on the wing. You heard it here first. Well, I think, I mean, if Rayasi's fit, I don't understand why he hasn't been playing anyway. Um, but uh, certainly yeah, Rayasi, yeah. and then you'd have to think Wes, Wes Hurson, um on the other wing. Um, yeah, we're still, we're still We're still calling... For Geordie Barrett to just go in and play ten, and then we can put Chase Tete out back. But um, it's fallen upon deaf ears. So, um, and he, I guess he's look, just, he's one of those players that for some reason we don't like his head Tete, but he has been great for them in so many occasions. He's oh. been awesome. I rate him very highly. The, but it's his head. No, I don't like agree. it. It's Garden Bashup's head. He's you, you're getting the reflection. True, true, true. <laughs> No, very good. So, yeah, certainly a shuffle around in the, the backs for the Canes. Uh, the forwards, we think, pretty similar up front. Lomax in there. Um, don't know who... Uh, probably... Who have we got in the back row? We've got Artie. Um, who's even playing the back row? Evans back? I don't know. Um, no, Gareth Evans is gone. Du- Duplessy, Karifi. Gareth Evans is done. Reed Princep, I think, should be back. Princep, that'll be the three of them, yeah. Right. Um, yeah, it's... Princep will be the six. He's a shape, sir. Cool. All right. Well, the chefs. We haven't talked about the chefs at all. Um, Winter Payer. He need to start. They've benched him for too long. Nankervell's been average. Yeah, look, I, it's interesting. Nankervell has been a little bit more of a distributor. Has it just seemed to lose any of his running game that he he's had in in previous seasons. Quinter Payer, when he's been out there, has probably been the opposite and and try to run a little bit more than he's tried to distribute. Um, it I, for me, I'd be depending where Anton Leonard Brown's playing. Do you want him at 12? Do you want him at 13? But probably you just want him to get his hands on the ball as much as possible. So maybe you chuck him to 12 and, and then Quinn DePay comes in at 13. Yeah, 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 fair enough. I, I, I think you're right. The whole back line needs to hinge around ALB, to be honest. I <laughs> yeah. thought Aaron Cruden was pretty good uh, last week. 100th game. 100th game. So I think surely he gets another start over Trask while he's got the opportunity to do so. But maybe they just started him as a, you know, as a bit of a tip of the hat for him to play his 100th game as a starter as well. So that was his first start in a few weeks in a row. What do you guys reckon? Well, look, if I was Warren Gatland, I'd be playing whoever I thought was going to get me a bloody win. Um, and you don't normally do that? Well, <laughs> he doesn't, apparently. Um, so uh, I would be playing Aaron Cruden because uh, for mine, that's who I'd be playing if I wanted to win. Yeah. Well, I don't know. My, my one thought is that the, no matter who's been playing 10, <laughs> they've been losing and they've generally been coming close. So, I mean, he's probably got his own vision of what he thinks that this time's going to, this team's going to be. And, and Cruden didn't necessarily do enough to change that. So I think irrelevant of what, how he performed on the weekend, it's going to be whoever Gatlin wanted already previous to that. 
I think Gatlin might be, and I could be wrong here, but Gatlin might be the only coach who has seen the British Irish Lions, British and Irish Lions lose to a um, Kiwi Super Rugby team. <laughs> no, I don't think that's correct, is it? So he knows he did. They definitely. I think the. I think the Chiefs. Think beat, the only. What? Has been a few? Mm. Like, like, hey, um, who, who plays uh, loosehead for the Chiefs? Does Angus start now as a man that can play both sides? Does he just jump in there? So, that's what I suggested. I suggested Tarvau will will just go straight in there. That's kind of how he got the call up to the Chiefs a couple of years ago. Was they had lost all of their props, which they seem to do every year, and um, yeah, he can play both pretty easily. Um, so. Uh, if if they have lost Ruben O'Neill, then I mean the next one cab off the rank was Ollie Norris, who's got no experience whatsoever. So you'd definitely be throwing Tarvao in the mix. Um, I actually need to go back and check who is their extended uh, squad of props because I don't know who's after that. I think Aiden Ross's injury was not really severe either, so he's probably another name that may come back into the team. But surely Angus Tarvao starts. Yeah, it's yeah or, tough. I mean, your next two are going to be um, Gelden Hughes and Tarvel, yeah? So well, if Tarvel fills that role as a um, loose head, you've still got Gelden Hughes on the tight head? Yeah. And the bench? Yeah. Yeah. yeah There's sure. definitely more depth there, so I, that's what I'd be going. Mm. Um, and the look, the Chiefs' back row is basically their entire team. Uh, they topped <laughs> the fantasy for, like, for the Chiefs last week. Um, I, I had to go check if... if Damien McKenzie actually got a fantasy score because, uh, Harry, we haven't seen your boy for a while. Look, I had a look. His, his average is still 38 for the season, um, which is, I mean, terrible by his standards, but, you know, not, not for your average fantasy rugby player. But, um, yeah, it's, how, do, how, do, how do the backs do better? I don't know. We've said this every week. Um, but you don't, realistically, you don't need backs when you've got Boshi running that hard. I mean, you've got Silver Kula running that hard and Boshi is scoring all your tries. The classic Nelson take on the game. Can we just have 15 flankers, please? That's right. Yes, hey, um, so the Hurricanes score all their tries from scrums. Yeah, mm. everyone agrees with that. Good. And uh, the Chiefs has no have no props. Nepo Lalala can't push the entire scrum himself. And Bradley Slater's about 14 years old. So surely the Hurricanes are going to score some really good backline tries in this game and get some points up for Ray Arce or Chase Teotio, whichever left wing he gets the run, hey? Yeah, no, that sounds, sounds a shout. Yep. All right, who, is anyone prepared to back the Chiefs in this one? No. No. Hurricanes by eight. I'm going to do it. I'm going to be the dark horse. I'm taking the Chiefs to, to get their first win. Hey. I'm trying to back an Australian team in New Zealand, mate. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna do, we've had a few of those wins recently, mate, to be fair. I'm going to go Hurricanes by ten. Very good. All right. Well, that takes us on to a game that um, will probably be uh, not just as easily decided, but just as easy to decide who will win. Um, the Crusaders against the Highlanders, the South Island Derby. Um, returning for this one, Joe Moody from um, some family bereavement. Um, he's a grub, so too bad. Um, and Braden Enor um, returning from a foot injury. Or Harry is desperately hoping returning from a foot injury. He's on track. Coach said he's on track. Don't worry, I've been watching. You've called him, you've video called him in, you've checked uh-huh. with the medical team, just yeah. the treatment plan, you've done some work on it. Yeah, Very good. Taylor and Braden Enor are in my centre as well. <laughs> Very oh, good. You just, you're trying to get a taste of the Crusaders, mate. That's it. 100%. Um, Crusaders by how much? 
No, um, as I said, <laughs> no, no. As, as I said, this game's always closer than you think it is. Doesn't matter how good the Crusaders are, the Highlanders always shift up another gear for the South Island Derby, and um, and it always starts as a super physical encounter. They really, wow. the Highlanders think the solution is if we could just go out there and bash the shit out of them, we might be able to rattle them a little bit, and sometimes they do. Is it? always tighter than you think it is when the last two games are lost by 20 points and the one before that they lost by 34 points and the one before that they lost by I think 34 points no 36 points excluding those last three fixtures it's always closer oh, than you think it is um, but um, honestly I reckon the high actually you know what I reckon if you look at the half time score it's always closer than you think it is maybe yeah. not the full time score the That's average is 35 game. points in the last five matches alright anyway I reckon the Highlanders <laughs> Way. I reckon that as much as Mitch Hunt's been a great player for them this year, as much as Joshua is a weapon, I don't think they both fit in a starting side. I think it throws the balance of their team out, especially when Rob Thompson's not playing it outside. But Mitch Hunt. Especially when you're benching Jan and Arecki. They've just got zero firepower in the back line. Like, C.O. Tompkinson is, has not been an effective enough ball carrier for them for that to be their team. So, basically, it means that they've got one game plan, and that is hope Parry Parry Parkinson wins every single line-out, and Shannon Brazell and Mikhail Etu can score four tries a game for them. What else are they going to do to score? I have no idea. Aaron Smith, hopefully, Aaron Smith beats the whole team again, even though it's not his game, but he'll just do it because he's got no choice. I think if you if you found Aaron, did you find Aaron Major's um, notebook? Because that's probably that what, was it. Yeah, that was the no, very good. It's I think look, all you have to do is look at the the two back lines on paper. It's chalk and cheese. It's like it's like putting you know the Wallabies up against uh, Nelson's club footy side, the Baronier, um, could be Dolphins or whatever they are, mate. It's um, our, our back line is lethal. At half time, <laughs> tight. At half time. <laughs> um, no, it's. I mean, yeah, and and as we said, the Crusaders' backline only getting better with Brad Nenor coming back in uh, for Tuli Pye out. Look, see you, champ. Um, yeah, yeah, great. He sucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, so look, I think other ones for this in the Crusaders. Where Douglas still likely to be out? Um, the Uber driver. Got to make sure I get my mention in there. Um, Tom Sanders, Colonel, to continue on at eight. He was incredible. I don't think I think Tom Christie will stay at seven, um, six. Anyone? Sione Havili, or do you think we'll see a change there at all? No. Who, who else they got? No. No way. And Sione Havili is a, a real hard worker. I think he's been good, and he's probably in that spot at the moment. And as we say all the time, they always need a Havili in the team. So true. Um, check that one. Um, you're possibly saying what someone was saying, possibly Leicester flying Ganuku. Um, well, just because they ro- just because they rotate their team around. I mean. Mm-hmm. You'd, you'd rather give them a run this week than next week against the uh, the Blues if it's for the, the title as well. So surely if you're going to give one of the outside backs a rest, this is the time to do it. True. And um, whoever gets to line up against Scott Gregory, um, if you have him in your fantasy team this week, you are cheering. Sebu Reese against Scott Gregory. Can you imagine? That's oh, horrifying. Dear. <laughs> How good. Hey, you know, um, win this. They win all of Aotearoa. Did we, uh, did we say that with a game in hand? We have not. No, is that it? It's done. Done and dusted. Done. done yeah, they need to play the last rounds. Completely done. That's very this Crusaders-like, is... isn't it? You know, like we'd like an early mark. We want a, we want a bit of a rest. Um, it's quite, um, quite underwhelming they're not having a final series. Yeah, it is a little bit, to be honest. The Crusaders are just way too far ahead. Even just play yeah. one game. Can we just play a one-game final? Well, look, I think the teams have shown enough that a couple of teams could actually 
potentially beat him if it came down to a finals, right? Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, it's disappointing. To be fair, I think the final is the last round. It's the Crusaders and the Blues. You know what I mean? Like, even though, yes, credit, credit to the Canes who did beat the Crusaders. Sorry about it. Uh, the finals is the Blues and the, and, the, and the Crusaders. So, all right, what are we saying? Pick your points for this. I'm going Crusaders 22 plus. Wowza, Harry. I thought they were always closer than... <laughs> Damn it. I was hoping that no one would bring that back up. <laughs> Bullshit. Uh, all right. I'm going to say less. 21 points. <laughs> oh, that's, that's less. I'm going to say <laughs> more. I'm going to say 23 points. Okay, oh, you're right. Places wins. This bloody coordinated attack here. This is rubbish. <laughs> All right. Well, that uh, takes us on to our desserto. What you gonna do with that dessert? We are doing the super scientific work rate measurement calculation, now known as work rate involvements, or WRI. Or sounds good. I like the work rate index, mate. The involvement sounds wrong. It doesn't sound as good, does it? No. Which is tackles yeah, plus runs. Look, Nelson, you did uh, most of the work on this one, credit where it's due, so uh, just in case it's terrible as well. Uh, so why don't you kick us off and take us through it? Yeah, so just a, a little disclaimer there. We're saying that uh, the measurements here... Are Sounds like your fantasy team, mate. Always starts with a disclaimer. You know what I mean? Just like... All right, man. Um... Me- measurements uh, are based on the competitions to date. So not just over the f- last five weeks, it's actually based on Super Rugby AU for their five rounds and Super Rugby Aotearoa for their eight rounds. For the Aussie Conference, I'll start off with the top couple. Um, basically what we're doing is we're adding the tackles up with the runs and that gets their final score. So the, the top one is no surprise, Harry Wilson, 55 tackles and 60 runs. That's 115 points on the work rate index. Uh, Stowers, Henry Stowers, he has come out of nowhere for this one. He has been great, though. He's got 71 tackles and 43 runs for a work rate index of 114. And then Waratah surprisingly sneaks in there in third. Swinton with 59 tackles, 42 runs. Big drop-off with 101 points on the work rate index. Yeah, but some of Swinton's tackles should be like double points because they, they were some big hits, some of those. Some of them were massive. <laughs> we also, if we, if we wanted to just mix things around a little bit, work rate index, if we put in penalties, he would definitely be on top. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. He definitely well, it's took. minus five points a pop, right? Like that's it's huge to give away penalties at the moment. Yeah, it's far too many points, and that is where I, why I am where I am on the comp because he gets so many penalties a week. <laughs> hey, yeah, uh, I'm just going to rattle through. I don't want to read ten names or eleven names, mm. and with all their numbers. So the next one's in there. Uh, Lee Warner, did you say him? Ninety-seven total. Hooper, 95. Lucan Salakai, Loto, 89. Simone, 79. The, the first, first back. So, shout out to him. He's been very, very good. Tevin Ferris, 76. Obviously, not going to get any more now with his injury. Tamua as a fly half, 74. But, um, and, and, and surprisingly, half runs, half tackles. So I, I, I reckon he made half those tackles this week, honestly. 
Yeah, again, they're huge, mate. So two points for those guys, <laughs> yeah. I reckon. Should be higher. And Matty Phillips, 73, despite being pretty underwhelming. Um, and you got one more there? No, nah, Filippo Dalgunu. The top 10. Sweet. Oh, oh, okay. Well, we, oh, sorry. I, that was it a bit was Dalgunu. There you go. Spoiler. Um, very good. And um, for Super Rugby Aotearoa, um, who, oh, I'll, I'll go through the first few of these. We had none other than Peter Gus Soakula, 149. The man has been getting through some work. Uh, Shannon Frizzell, 126. He's who I might have topped, uh, picked to be up the top there. Uh, Nani Lau Mape, 113. So back coming in at third. Just shows how much the Hurricanes Massive. use and depend on him. So that'll be a big difference this week. Um, and my boy, Akira Yawani, or not my fancy boy this year, but um, 112. So he's been awesome. Rounding out the uh, top 10, you've got Anton Leonard-Brown with 109, uh, Marino Michele-Tu'u with 108, Tuapolo 2, 106, Sam Kane, 105, Harry's boy, D-Mac, surprisingly with 104. <laughs> yeah, but please, we've got to go through his breakdown. 87 of those are runs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Run. 17 tackles. 17 tackles and he's missed 10. Yeah, that's crazy. Right, so why, why are we giving him missed tackles on this? Thank you. <laughs> why, why are missed tackles counting to work right now? No, 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 no. He would have had 27 tackles if he made all his tackles. Oh, oh okay. Sorry, right. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would <laughs> then, have been uh, in third place if he made his tackles. Okay. Yeah. Right. Then uh, there's also three people rounding out the top 10, all equaled. C.O. Tompkinson, who obviously we said hasn't lit it up as much as we'd like, but he's still on 104. Uh, Dalton Papali'i, who has been doing lots on 104, and Boshia on 104 as well. And Papali'i, I think, with the most tackles out of anyone, with 77 um, from the Kiwi Conference. Can I yes, can I was, back to uh, one more thing? Hmm. Um, I was going to say, you're saying 77 tackles for, for Papali'i. Look over the Aussie Conference, Henry Stowers have 71, and that's with three less rounds played. Huge. That is crazy. That's right. We've got to remember that there's an extra three rounds. Is it only two games, though, because of a, an extra buy in there for the Blues? Not yeah. necessarily, because I'm not sure who... Yeah, there's only, I suppose there's only one buy for the Aussie teams. Yeah. yeah. Still two whole games. Yeah. I mean, he's going he's gonna to top that, isn't he? Hey, um, Sam Kane, they, uh, the New Zealand reporters are trying to woo the public into believing he should have been named captain and it was the right decision. And I'm loving how they cherry pick stats to justify that at the moment. You know, he's a great leader, even though they lose every single game. Really, you know, bringing his team together and they're not imploding every single week. He's got a huge work rate. Well, good on him, 67 tackles. That's, that's very solid and very respectable, but he still sits fairly a long way down that list, you know. Loose forwards alone, Soakula, Frizzell, Akira and Tu'u all loose forwards with a higher work rate than him and Tupelo to the lock higher work rate as well. So, I mean, I don't see it. And these stats, again, show that he's a solid, solid player. I'm not going to criticise him that hard, but, mate, surely wrong decision. Yeah, look, I'd be thinking he wouldn't be making my back row for the All Blacks at the moment. Wow, I think you guys are harsh. I think, um, I think. Look, Sam Whitelock definitely should have got the nod for Three. Uh, yeah. uh, All Blacks captain. Definitely. I think that's Absolutely. just definitely better. But Sam Kane, I think what I think he's one of those players that like he does obviously get through some work, but I think he's like a really big moment player, and I think he really lifts in Test matches that we don't realise. So I, th- I think he's one of those players. Are we thinking there's been no big matches in all these extremely close games that they keep losing? 
Guys, what we didn't talk about in this last game, right? He played his 150th on the weekend. The first tackle of the game was him missing a tackle on Will Jordan. And then one of the, <laughs> la- I think it was the last try in the game, it was him missing a tackle on, oh. who would it have been against? It would have been on. Um, oh, yeah. I can't, I can't remember who it was. No, oh, no. Lester Fanger and Uku. It was him getting yeah. bumped as well. So. He he opened up the defence and he gave them the last try. Like he's just not in that good a form. To to be honest, early on, I think he missed two tackles within that first five minutes and had been penalised once coming in through the side, which was blatantly obvious. I was about to to call everyone to say, "Oh my God, he is playing woefully." Whereas only five minutes in, and I I sat down and and watched him. Uh, throughout the rest of the match, he he did get involved a lot in that match, but he is just not. Not the man you'd be expecting to, to be leading the All Blacks with his current form. I would like to say farewell to all the New Zealand listeners for turning this <laughs> podcast off now. I was about to say, I'm normally the first one to shit on someone that, um, you know, hey, it's just... but I actually, I quite like Sam Kane, so I'm... Uh, I like yeah. him, but being the I All Blacks like captain is different, mate. It's the Michael Hooper yeah. effect. Now that he's going to have mate. to keep picking him. Yeah, don't forget they've got Boshier, Papali'i, they've got Luke Jacobson who's not there, Frizzell, Suakula, Akira, Tu'u, Sotutu. All these guys have to squeeze into that back row. Huh? Boshier. I said him, yeah. Yeah. He, 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 for me, is their seven. I I think, I guess one thing about Sam Kane is that he's definitely, I don't know if earlier in his career he did jackal more, so he did get more steals, or if... He just doesn't get that many steals for a number seven. So his his role is kind of like mid seven and six. Like it's not he doesn't really have a defined Hooper. role. Yeah, but he's big he's a bigger Hooper. Like he's, I think he, he can make some much bigger hits. He doesn't run. No, he doesn't run hard enough. Like yeah, he okay, so Hooper definitely has a better running game than Sam Kane, but Sam Kane I would say, well, actually I don't even know if I could say he has a better defensive game. Hooper's pretty good defensively. Yeah. Yeah, I design. You're talking me around to it, but I don't talking like it. about the best team in the world, mate. Come on. Sam Whitelock should have been captain. Anyway, yeah. dessert apparently is on Sam Kane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's it. Um, well, I just want to, just to, to finalise that point. So, Boshier's got a better running game. Boshier's got probably a better defensive game. I'd mm. say so. Yep. Plus, he's also got almost double the turnovers. He's got nine compared to five. He's got far less turnovers con- conceded. Yep. And he's a better line-out option, I think. He is. Yeah. Like, he just he's better in every aspect. And then you've still got Adi Sevilla. Like, I mean, there's it's just tough. It's well, just look, so we know tough. We know Adi Sevilla is going to be in the All Blacks back row. Right? That's just a given. Yeah, but then uh, that just means that you can't play Tu'u or Kira or Hoskins. Like, I think you can. I think the back row is going to be uh, Adi, Sam Kane, and insert one of them. Shannon Frizzell, Hoskins, Akira. I think uh, that's Tu'u. what you'll see. I think that's what you'll see. And I think that's very harsh on, on a number of players who are far better form at the moment. And I think you guys perhaps are undervaluing 70 caps of test experience in and amongst that All Blacks environment. Well, it's a, it's a new start, isn't it? Well, on that bombshell, I think we might round out the podcast. So thank you for staying with us to this point. Um, as Harry said, farewell to our Kiwi <laughs> listeners. Um, we're probably going to get a few more South Africans join in. Um, <laughs> fantastic. Um, but uh, yes, until next week, uh, keep it classy and we will catch you in the next one. See ya. See ya.